there's a perception. I think certainly when you're first starting out, you know, an off-market deal is like the holy grail. The way that it's quite often sold is that it's the be-all and end-all. Do agents tend to have that little black book of investors? Is the person you're talking to actually the owner of the property? Do they have the negotiating power? My aim is to keep that person in the property. And selling to me probably is the last resort. Because you don't sound like a property investor. Welcome to the Net Gain Club podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk about off-market deals. And are they all they're hyped up to be? Let's find out. So, Emily, what constitutes an off-market deal? So, an off-market deal is essentially something that is not readily available to the general public, i.e. it's on Rightmove, it's on Zoopla. So, an off-market deal, then, is any property that you generally, and I'm going to say generally here, you generally approach the vendor, the owner of the property directly, and you have a private sale agreed. So, there's hopefully no other chance of anyone else getting involved. Now, when I said generally, it's because there is the definition that you can get an off-market deal from an agent. Yeah. And that's where they maybe have something that's come on, they don't want to put it on their books, or they just know it's something that you're going to buy directly. And that's totally okay. It's totally legal for them to do that. So that's technically an off-market deal as well. And in your experience, do agents tend to have that little black book of investors that they like to take deals to prior to putting them on right move and in the window? They may well do. Um, I do know that I've had relationships with agents and it's less that it's a in personal experience, less that it's a black book. It's more that you're just front of mind at that point in time yeah. when the right thing comes and you've been the person that's been there consistently yeah. asking for that type of property and that type of thing. Um, and so they remember it as opposed to they've got something written down. So yeah. I know that right, particularly in the market right now, the agents are busy. They're not necessarily trying to play favourites because they want it out there. Um, but you would you get a lot of people then asking, why would an agent bring you a deal off market rather than that? Have you had experience with agents doing that? Yeah, um, I've, I've had experience. I mean, it takes, like you said, it takes time to build up that relationship you have to be really clear with the agents that you're working with the kind of thing that you're looking for um but then yeah i have absolutely i've had that experience where um they've brought something to us that they know meets our, our hunting brief if you like um and we'd be very clear about that what you know it's almost like a shopping list isn't mm -hmm. it the kind of things that we're looking for and we're always actively in the market for those kind of deals and it makes sense for them you know, because if they know that they've got, I know we we sold a property during lockdown, actually, we sold one of our, our HMOs from our portfolio. And um, I spoke to the agent that, uh, that manages the property and was also going to sell it, explained that we're looking to move this particular property on. And, and they said, yeah, absolutely. I've got five or six people I can call straight away that I know are actively looking for this kind of property in exactly this area. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's it's a win-win in that sense, isn't it? So it doesn't always have to go, uh, you know, direct to vendor. You can get off-market deals through agents is Absolutely. essentially what we're saying. But why why is it then that most of the property trainers get so excited about off-market deals? What What is it that makes an off-market deal potentially 
so attractive. Yeah, we're going to use potentially a lot in this <laughs> I, I, podcast episode, I imagine. So they're, they're deemed to be attractive because they would say you have more negotiating power. Yeah. Because you are dealing directly with the vendor. Now, you can still deal directly with the vendor on, let's not name names of agencies, but your typical type of online estate agency yeah. where you book it directly with them. You, you, yeah, you yeah. technically are direct to vendor there. I guess that there is potentially sometimes more flexibility with how you deal with that vendor. Yeah. Could be timescales, could be strategies, could be scenarios. And you'll probably hear why I love doing direct-to-vendor and off-market deals because it gives you generally some level of flexibility that you wouldn't yeah. have if you're trying to do it on-market through an agent. Yeah. The way that it's quite often sold is yeah. that it's the be-all and end-all. Yeah. And... The again going back to the reason for that is quite often it's said that you're going to be able to get a better price or you're going to be able to get the best deals yeah. and that's where that word potentially came it's in. It's a dangerous trap to fall into, isn't it? There's a perception I think certainly when you're first starting out, you know, an off-market deal is like the holy grail mm. and that you will by default is going to be a fantastic deal just because it's off market. But certainly my experience has been I think you're probably the same that just because it's an off market uh, deal doesn't mean it is a great deal automatically it might well be and vice versa you know we still buy properties on market um, and that's I think sometimes there's a perception that somehow you're doing it wrong further down the line if you're still buying properties off of right move we buy we bought properties off of right move you should be doing both yeah. and I've always been an advocate of that as much as I love direct to vendor and as much as I love the off-market deal you find a lot of your off-market deals and direct-to-vendors when you're out in the area because you're viewing yeah. a property that's on the market through Rightmove. Yeah. So I'm very adamant of that fact that you need to do both. You can't just pick one and say, I'm only going to do off-market yeah. or I'm only going to do on-market. Yeah. You miss a whole yeah. host of deals that way. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 really important that you're you're out in your area, yeah. you're getting around, you're meeting agents and you're, you're, you're looking at every avenue that you've got before you. Yeah. So it kind of goes there. Let's talk about the differences between on-market and off-market. So if we're generally assuming off-market is, let's use the example that it's direct-to-vendor yeah. right now. Um, and it's through a letter that you've dropped through it versus something that's on right move. There are differences in between those types of things because the big one is that you don't have an agent yeah. who is there taking them through the process. And I often think that as a first time deal if you do your first deal off market yeah it's just more complicated yeah there's a lot more you have to do and there's a lot more challenges so have you found yourself having to play that role to us in in off market deals i know we have before mm. where we've effectively acted like their agent and and in in some ways their solicitor in terms of keeping them updated on how the process works and i guess what you're saying is if you don't know that then that puts you both in slightly uncomfortable territory, doesn't it? Absolutely. So through that process, quite often when I'm dealing with an off-market property, is we talk about the flexibility you have um, in terms of they might not have a solicitor, so you might have to be able to give them a recommendation. You can't make them use yeah. your solicitor, of course. Um, but as you said, helping them know that process, what happens next, they're going to come to you and ask that. And yeah. you're going to need to have all the answers and the information prepared. So whether it is a case of who's paying legal fees, yeah. all the individual details around 
the the specific elements that go into building id yeah. checks making sure and this this is a big one in here we'll talk a lot about due diligence yeah. is the person you're talking to actually the owner of the property yeah. do they have the negotiating power do yeah. they have the because quite often if it's a divorce situation there's a partner that you so you quite often play mediator yeah so it's it's not always as easy so the differences there being that you need to know the process you need to know a lot more of the regulatory stuff that an estate agent would put in place. Yeah. Um, you need to make sure that you have things like EPC to, to make sure the sale can go through. Yeah. So it's more work. Yeah. It's definitely more work, isn't it? And I think that's yeah, the perception of off-market deals is that they're the holy grail. And, and we're not trying to uh, steer people away from this. Like, absolutely, having an awareness that um, there is more to property investing than just right move and, and the estate agent window. You know, I know that, uh, you know, in your situation and certainly in ours, off-market deals is absolutely how we've been able to take our property business to the next level because suddenly you realise there's this whole ocean of potential deals out there because it's not even, it's not, the thing about off-market is is actually being able to identify when a deal exists because it's not, by definition, they're not being advertised. So it's actually trying to work out when when there might be an opportunity to do some. And that's all about talking to people, isn't it? And it's about uh, finding out pain points and understanding what the motivating factors are driving people. Because, you know, you've got to do a little bit of detective work if you're going to find off-market deals. And there's a point here in terms of off-market deals that quite often we talk about pain points and motivators. Now, I guarantee money is not always the motivator. Yeah. And I've had many a meeting where I've got in and we've had a conversation and money is the motivator. And yeah. I've actually said to the owner, look, I, it's out of my budget. I don't have any strategy that this deal is a deal for me. It's not going to work. And I have recommended that they put it on the market. If, yeah. if the pure thing is that Look, I don't mind people coming into the house. I'm not bothered about this or that. I just want as much money as I can and a private sale if I could get that quickly. They're looking for a home buyer yeah. who wants that individual house. My yeah. recommendation to them at that point is you're better off on the market. Yeah. So as you're saying, when you get into that deal, you're trying to look at the scenario yeah. and what's useful to that person. Yeah. So money is one, but as we said, it could be timescales. It could be just you get a lot of private people they don't want people coming in yeah. and out the house they don't want people then sometimes just don't trust estate agents yeah um, i've had a few of those I've and, had that. and yeah. sometimes it's just hassle yeah someone goes, do you know what i'm going to take care of this whole process for you because they fear that someone's going to take advantage of them if you say this is what you're going to get in your bank at the end of the day i'll cover this and this and that um and this is this is the deal and i'll take all the hassle off you to some people they go that's just what i need this episode is brought to you by Changing Spaces, your hands-off interior service. Calling all HMO, student accommodation, service department, and apart hotel investors. If you're looking for hassle-free, top quality staging and interior services, then Changing Spaces does it all, leaving your properties tenant and guest ready every time. By using Changing Spaces, you can also expect to boost your rents, reduce void periods, and ensure your investment flourishes. And with over 200 satisfied customers nationwide, your success is assured. If you're worried about upfront costs, Changing Spaces also offer convenient leasing options. Book a free consultation now at changingspacesinteriors.co.uk forward slash contact and spend your time finding your next deal. 
and you have to deploy a bit of emotional intelligence, don't you? Because it's amazing how often they say that money is the main issue, but even when they say it is, it, in my experience, it very rarely is actually when you, you bury down into it, you know, what are the driving factors? So, you know, it's it's learning to talk to people. It's it's showing an interest in people's situations and, you know, what what really is making them tick. That's so that, you know, there's there's work that goes into it, isn't it? Yeah. But do you know what really grinds my gears, Emily? <laughs> Tell me, Mark. It's the, it's the whole ethics yeah. around off-market deals, right? So most of the gurus out there are going to tell you that off-market deals are great because it's a way to um, get a property at a knockdown price. It's a way to, you know, potentially exploit. Yeah. They might not use the word, but potentially exploit someone's situation the fact that they are in desperate need of selling the property for whatever the reason might be. And that's just not the way that we see off the, and, and ultimately, you know, we know from experience, unless it's going to be a win-win deal for both parties, then the likelihood is the deal is going to come apart the seams, isn't it? Yeah. And as you said, the, the ethical side of this is that we're all there to do good business. And the last thing you want to do is take advantage. I truly yeah. believe that if you act like that in yeah. this marketplace, it will come back to bite you. Yeah, 100%. Because property is a small industry yeah. in terms of the investment side yeah. and the connections you make. And there's that part that if you're genuinely driving a strategy of trying to get more of these deals, the areas you're investing in, they're small. The people know each other too. Yeah. Word will get out, particularly yeah. if you are going to use, if you've got Facebook profiles, Instagram yeah. profiles, you're findable. Yeah. And therefore, you don't want to go around taking advantage of people. Yeah. I treat every situation that I come in, as you said, you listen to them, you understand yeah. them. And there are times I walk away. Yeah. 100%. There'll be a time where I go, I can't help you because I'm not a debt advisor. Yeah. I'm not a financial advisor. This is in some situation where someone's in a really potentially facing homelessness. Yeah. And if I can help you, I definitely will. My, my aim, this is controversial, my aim is to keep that person in the property. Yeah. And selling to me probably is the last yeah. resort. Yeah. And it may be because there are better options for them. I want to let them know if I think there are better options for them. But because that's someone's family home, that's someone's yeah. mum, brother, auntie, uncle, sister, that's someone that's facing a challenge potentially. Yeah. And the last thing I want to do, as you said, to take advantage yeah. of that. But that will blow some people's minds that are listening to this because you don't sound like a property investor in terms of mm. um, people's perceptions, the negative perception of property investors. That didn't sound like a property investor talking in the sense that I know for a fact that you've done some amazing off-market deals that we'd all look at through an investor's mm. eye and go, that's just a fabulous deal. But at the same time, it's managed to tip the boxes for the owner at the same time. And that's really what we're striving for, isn't it? It's the... It's the flexibility and the creativity <laughs> that those off-market conversations allow you to deploy. So we might be able to propose different uh, buying methods, different strategies that an agent sitting in the middle of all of that is not incentivized to really be pushing forward. So yeah. that's the difference, isn't it? We can look them in the eye. We can genuinely understand. And again, the agent doesn't always want you to know all of the background information that's going into this because it by definition, it improves your bargaining power as they would see it. And not all of the, the strategies that we would put forwards that might genuinely help the person in that situation 
are going to tick a box for the agent because it might mean that they don't get their commission payout for some time or whatever it might be. And you get some fantastic agents I've worked with that have been really helpful. As you know, I yeah. try and do a lot of things like assisted sales. Yeah. They're hard yeah. to get across the line anyway with a, with a vendor to make yeah. sure they're totally understanding the situation, but also to bring an agent into that. Yeah. If it is on market or through an agent, you have to educate the agent in it. And I've had some fantastic agents that went, wow, I really understand why this is a good thing. Um, but I've also had challenges when trying to make it happen, even if it's actually in the best interest or potentially yeah. bring it back on with the agent and make them more money. Yeah. But yes, you do you do have those opportunities for flexibilities that you just wouldn't naturally have if it's on market. Time, you yeah. know, quite often if something's on the market, you don't have the benefit of time to sit down and have a couple of meetings and phone calls and cups of tea to really yeah. explain something. You're up against other people who are wanting to buy it. You're competing. Yeah, it's a competitive by definition. They want to create those kind of auction conditions, don't they? So that people are bartering off of each other. So it's a competitive space to be in. Whereas if you are approaching somebody off market, then yeah, you've got a little bit more breathing space to have that conversation. And it can be quite a rewarding process. Obviously, everyone likes to do a good deal. But I know that we we purchased our first hotel director vendor. And, and it was an In fact, no, it wasn't on. It was one of the situations you mentioned right at the beginning. It was technically on market, but it was one of these online agencies where where all of the viewings and all of the negotiation was done direct. So as far as I was concerned, as soon as we were we arrived at the property, it was off market. It was direct to vendor. And we played exactly that role. Um, we supported them through the process. They had given, given that it was a hotel, so it was technically a commercial property that we were buying, but they saw it as their family home. They'd lived there for 35 years. And they had a relatively junior solicitor when it came to this sort of thing, family, friend, <laughs> um, representing them. Uh, and we found we had to do quite a bit of the heavy lifting, um, but and that's a consideration. You know, it's it's when you're when you're weighing up the pros and cons of off-market deals, it's the it's the amount of extra work that you have to put in in place of the agent. But weighed up against, I still I will always remember when they actually arrived to hand us the keys. So we'd completed on the property, handed the keys, and they actually thanked us and said, you know, it was it was such a relief to. Um, to be working with you through this process as opposed to through an agent, which was interesting. They they had a real inbuilt distrust of agents, mm -hmm. which I think I think some people do have that, and as a result, they feel a bit trapped by their circumstances because yeah. they don't know how what what foot to put forwards. And sometimes it's just that simplicity of an offer that's, that's yeah. there. And there's I never put pressure on my offers to accept. Yeah. I'll always follow up, but yeah. I never put time skills are pressure on yeah because that feels coercive yeah. in, in my mind and there are you solicitors are meant to be there to make sure that that person is yeah. is not being coerced into a deal yeah. you know so there are there are things they are going through that process with your solicitors they should be making sure um but w one of the ones that we did was simply um an older gentleman retired and had gone through a divorce obviously previously that is all sorted out and he had no love for where he was and he just didn't want he didn't want a salesman as far as he was concerned agents were salesmen he didn't want them coming in the house he didn't want other people coming into the house the house was in decent condition um and this i think this was our second deal third deal we we'd ever done and it was very nerve-wracking going in there and we'd done our due diligence so 
you've got to be prepared, very prepared going into one of these kind of off-market opportunities that you know your numbers. But because you don't know their situation, you've got to do more due diligence. That's mm. a big difference if you're going into those circumstances yeah. because you see something online, you've got the floor plan, you've got the photos, you know what you're walking into. With an off-market deal, you have no idea what it is you're walking into. And yeah. so you've done your due diligence. Some people love to make an offer there and then. It's very rare that I do because I do want to take it back, reconsider it, look at some strategies I hadn't considered because everything that that person's telling me is new news. And it just so happened in that one that um, the guy was fairly straightforward, basically just wanted to move south. And the negotiation there was, hey, I want to move in like six weeks and I want to take a couple of bags. And if there's anything left in the house, can you sort that out? Yeah. And of course, we modify our offer to make sure that we've accounted for dumping costs or putting off to charity shops or whatever it is. And those circumstances are the ones that you go, well, this is the benefit of off market. It worked for us. We could complete yeah. quickly. He gets to do the question to him is, what do you want to do? Yeah. So with those off market opportunities, you really are helping people do something that an estate agent wouldn't necessarily have been able to offer. Yeah. You mentioned about putting an offer in then and there. Yeah. And I know when I talk to our students that a lot of them are apprehensive about that, walking into that negotiation and putting themselves under pressure to be able to pitch a lease option or an assisted sale right then and there. But it's not about that, is it? I mean, like you say, I would, I, in fact, I can't remember a time when I have come out and out and, and made an offer, you know, in that initial conversation. It's a fact-finding mission. I'm just yes. asking lots of questions. I want to know as much as I can about the situation. Then I explain to them, if you don't mind, I'm going to go away. I'm going to have a think about this. I'm going to come back to you with some suggestions, some options, um, and we can see what might be the best way forwards. And I often end up making more than one offer, more than one type of offer. Yes. This is my straight offer. This is what uh, it works for me to pay if you just want a straight sale. Um, this is how it would work if it was a, a lease option or, or you know, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, don't feel you've got to put yourself under pressure to know the ins and outs of every single scenario and pitch it to them right then and there. I think it's just about asking questions, isn't it? And it's relationship building. Yeah. So you're doing all that fact finding. You're doing relationship building. You're sitting down. If they offer a cup of tea and you sit down and have a biscuit, yeah. then I'm more likely to hardly even look at the property. Yeah. And that comes last yeah. until you've talked to the person. The easy bit, right? And there's there's some amount you can do over the phone in yeah. that initial conversation. Um, but you're never going to be able to do a full deal analysis on a phone call to be yeah. able to then go into that property. And I know people who have been able to make an offer, shake hands and go yeah. away. The worst thing you can do, and I heard this from someone actually within this last week, is that they, someone went in shook hands on an offer um, and the guy went away and phoned back and tried to renegotiate that offer and that left a bad taste in their mouth and instantly they went on to the next person because it's like you broke your you broke your word yeah don't don't agree something with me and then come back and try and barter me down because you think you've been able to do better and there's a there's there's a whole different approach i i think to even viewings with uh, with an off market if it's direct to vendor than there is when there's an agent there 
Um, again, I remember distinctly that example I gave of the hotel that we purchased. And it wasn't entirely clear whether this online agency, which we'd not come across mm -hmm. before, whether we were meeting the, um, the uh, an agent or a local representative or something on site or whether it was going to be the owner of the property. As soon as we realized it was the owner of the property, almost... You know, Caroline and I gave ourselves like a knowing look and kind of switched completely mm -hmm. because I think if there was an agent there, you might be pointing out the damp spots and, you know, you're almost preparing your negotiation, aren't you saying, well, you know, these rooms are a bit small or whatever it might be. Yeah. Whereas with the owner, it's, you know, I, I think that's not a good footing to be to be starting from. And it was much more around, you know, we picked up pretty quickly. Um, <clears throat> Caroline's very good at getting their life story. And we found out they'd been living at the property for you know a number of years. And it was, you know, wow, you've done a fabulous job. You know, it must have been amazing bringing up the kids here and all that side of things. And it's just a totally different way of approaching it because it is about rapport building, like you say. Yeah. So I think to sum up a lot of the off-market side of things, yeah. it's, it's a, you need to have it as part of your strategy. Yeah. It's part of that overall direct-to-vendor strategy as well as your agent building relationship yeah. side of things it's it's really important you need to do that if you're yeah. a serious investor but it is looking at those elements that you need to know the process you need to know what it is you're offering you need to know what is included within that offer and not to go in straight away with a complete fixed mindset of this is i'm only going to buy a buy to let here yeah you have to have looked at a flip at yeah. least as a second exit and how would that all work yeah and just looking at, yes, there are opportunities, but not jumping in there to take advantage of someone to to say, because it's off market, yeah. I get to behave in any other way than you would in any other scenario. 100%. I would totally agree with that. And I, I, I would go as far as to say, I think it's difficult to call yourself a professional property investor if you are just not looking at off-market deals um you know that it, it just opens up so many potential opportunities um but like you say it's understanding that the, the flip side of the coin and, and what goes into that and what's going to be required of you during that process to make sure that you are moving on off-market deals in a way that is ethical and is going to create a win-win situation for both sides okay emily do you want to play would you rather Off-market or on-market deals? What do you think? I'm going to say off-market because I love the ability to work with people, help people, have creative freedom with my strategies. I do know the work, additional work and additional due diligence that is required, but I'm a people person. So yeah. I like to sit down with people and work through things. I would agree. I think off-market is where it's at i think don't don't think that buying properties on market is some sign of failure there's plenty of good deals on the market and equally don't automatically assume that an off-market deal is going to be a fantastic deal but i think there's just so many opportunities out there to uncover i think off market's the way to go mark so what is it the gurus don't tell you about doing off-market deals They don't tell you about the work involved. Uh, I think there's the assumption that it's going to be easy and that, that you're going to be able to um, pull a deal out of thin air when actually 
it's there's a lot of due diligence involved, isn't there? There's a lot goes into this process. And there's a lot of the compliance and due diligence. So when you are going to see an off-market deal, usually, as I said, direct to vendor, if it's with an agent, they still have to go through their compliance. So you've yeah. got that side of it that that's taken care of. But you need to do things like make sure the person you are talking to is the owner of the house. You kind of mentioned that previously. Yeah. So you need to download the title deeds yeah. and you want to see someone's ID. We don't think of doing that when you're too busy making a relationship. You assume yeah. that, of course, I must, must be talking to the owner of the house. Yeah. But I've seen some very well hidden scams yeah. of, you know, you're especially if you're putting letters through letter boxes and a yeah. tenant picks it up yeah. and suddenly wants hey, I'm interested in selling the house. There are ways that people do that. So you've got to protect yourself, first yeah, of all. that's a good point. Things like, um, so you've got your ID, you've done your proof, uh, you've you've done the check on the title deeds that that is that person. That's number one. And you can kind of do some of that in the background. You can get them to confirm it. If you have any sneaking suspicions that something isn't right, don't go near it. And you don't yeah. get told that. You don't get told about the danger of kind of getting caught up in one of those scams yeah so at the very least that's what you want to do and you also want to get your solicitor involved pretty early on if a deal is a deal yeah in making sure that that person is legit yeah. and them going through any debts they own on the property because they may well be trying to you know cloud things over a little bit and make things seem rosy when actually they've got a lot of secured debt against the property or unsecured loans that are going to need to be cleared so your due diligence is something you just don't get told about. You don't get told you don't get told how to go through that process and what to make sure when you're doing that. So that for me is an absolute bugbear that you just need to make sure that you're protecting yourself. Mark, is there anything you wish you'd known about off-market deals? I wish I'd known to look for them sooner on in our journey i think i wish i wish i'd uh, got on to that earlier i think sometimes maybe it's a fear thing um maybe it's just just easier to to source properties through through right move and what have you when you're first starting out but um now that i understand the process now that i understand also how rewarding it can be but how many opportunities out there i do wonder sometimes where we would be now if i'd have really embraced direct to vendor off market deals right from the beginning because you know now it's it's most of our deals come at least partly off market and it's it really it takes your, your your property business to the next level and really creates some momentum that it's otherwise difficult to achieve if you just have to keep throwing yourself back into the mix with everybody else buying off the shelf if you like so i think i'd have got started earlier Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please don't forget to like and follow to make sure that you never miss a release. And if you're interested in finding out more about the Net Gain Club, please head on over to our website, netgainclub.com to find out all about our membership benefits and the events that we've got coming up. I got high hopes